Hello, it's Caressa. I'm changing it up today. <laughs> Hello, it's Maddie. Yes, we are. <laughs> You're not watching the Disney Channel right now. You're listening to Dreadfully, Dreadfully Twisted. So we're back, guys. We are back. And today we are going to be talking about cryptids. Ooh. Probably just one cryptid because I only did research on one. <laughs> and I was going to read some stories after. But I need to open it. So let me just get there. But also, we had a fun weekend. We went to go see Exorcist together, the new Exorcist movie. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. It, it, was, it was so much fun. It was actually really good. I was surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Well, I okay. I'm gonna say something that is probably like people are gonna judge me about, but I've never seen the first one. <laughs> so, I'm gonna change that. Don't worry. I'm gonna have you watch it. We're gonna watch it together. <laughs> so I really can't base it off of anything because I don't. I've never seen the first one. So after you see the first one, you're gonna be like, "Well, that was a lot better." But the other one was so good because <laughs> it's not like it was a good movie, but like honestly. It's kind of good that you didn't see the first one before because then you didn't have any expectations exactly. going into it. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> a lot of people, that's why they didn't like it because they went in expecting it like to be as good or like live up to the old one is not going to because that movie yeah. was so, so such a legendary when movie. When does that next movie come out? The <laughs> Dear David? I think that comes out this week. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah. Are you busy tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. We're making plans with you guys. <laughs> I mean, I just have to go to the store and okay. do dishes. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll text you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check like. But what is, okay, you're never going to guess what inspired me to do cryptids today. <laughs> yes. Guess. <laughs> Specifically the Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> that's in season one or two i'm now on season six how did i guess <laughs> i have a problem it's becoming a bad obsession <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about the wendigo or the wendigo or however you want to say it i say wendigo but you know to each their own many different ways <laughs> um the I, I I knew about this before I started researching it because of Supernatural, but <laughs> you know I didn't know that much about it. So a lot of this stuff I'm not gonna know how to say because it's like Native American language. So I apologize if I mess anything up. Do not hold it against me. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Wendigo is a mytholo mythological. Wow, talking is talking hard. is hard. <laughs> Oh, just by the way, I might not be able to edit this because we were having major issues with trying to hear us ourselves back. So if I mess anything up, I'm sorry. You're going to um. hear it raw today probably because <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work for me to edit this or not. So just a little disclaimer in there. But the Wendigo is a mythological, 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 however you say it, <laughs> that word, cannibalistic monster in the spiritual tradition of Northern American Algonquian speaking tribes again i'm sorry if i said that wrong um it's associated with winter and describes as a fearsome beast that stalks and eats humans or is a spirit that possesses humans which causes them to turn into cannibals because that's not terrifying at all <laughs> yeah. this thing is terrifying like there's pictures of it and it's just like what and like i'm gonna describe what it looks like so just be prepared but there are many spellings and pronunciations for the word Wendigo in a G. Okay, I don't know how to say that word, but it's O G I B W E. How do you say that? <laughs> the term is defined as winter cannibal monster, but may derive from the Proto Algonquian word We Niteko Wa, meaning owl. Some legends say that the Wendigo is an emaciated figure with ashen flesh. Others describe it as a giant creature up to 15 feet tall, which is 4.5 meters. That's huge. <laughs> well, that's bigger than any spirit Halloween decoration I've seen in the last... 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's very tall. That's a little scary. That's a little nightmare if fuel like, for you guys. Fifteen feet tall is like probably as tall as my house. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit less, but like that's tall. Tall. Or it's a beast that grows larger the more it eats. So it could be more than fifteen feet tall, depending on how much it eats. What? Like Imagine it eats like so much and it's like like sixty feet. Sixty feet. <laughs> like as big as a skyscraper. Yeah. That boy's like Godzilla. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so the Wendigo may have sunken or glowing eyes with sharp yellow fangs or and claws or claws. Either or or both. The lips are chewed or missing because it ate them. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Why would you eat your lips? That's a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, let me just chew on my face here. Yum. I need a midnight snack. <laughs> so it eats people and it eats its own face. <laughs> Interesting combination, but okay. Um, yeah. They may be hairless or have fur, so they could be a naked mole rat or a long-haired cat. <laughs> there's no in between that's what i picture (laughs) or like a yeti um they may have pointed ears horns or antlers like deer and this part is really gross they smell like rotting flesh and is usually detected first by humans because of the odor that they have just imagine you're just walking by like in the woods you just smell rotting flesh that's nasty i would run yeah (laughs) like oh it's a one to go gotta go Like when they go out of here, <laughs> but what if it was like a dead body and I could have solved a murder case? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> See, this is whenever we do true crime and like mythological creatures and paranormal. <laughs> this is what happens when we mix them together. We're like, do we stay and solve a murder case, possibly, or do we run from the Wendigo? <laughs> possibly, possibly, because there are ways to kill them. Oh yeah. So, which I'm gonna get into. In a couple seconds here. That way you can have this stuff on you. Yeah. So if you want to solve a crime, if you think it's a dead body, try to solve it and you just need to have these things. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> what do we need? Okay, so I'm going to say this first, but... Okay. Wendigos are believed to have extremely sharp eyesight, hearing, and sense of smell as long... And what did I write there? Sense of smell... <laughs> And along with superiority, superior. Okay, I can't talk today. Talking is hard. <laughs> okay, they Talking. have an extremely sharp eyesight, hearing, sense of smell, as, as well as superior strength and speed in order to stalk and overpower their victims. They live in colder climates, which are among the woodlands and lakes of Canada and the northern U.S. Wendigos move easily in deep snow and across ice. So, here's where... A shaman may be the only person who can subdue and destroy a Wendigo by either using um, silver, steel, or iron bullet or dagger. But I saw this in Supernatural, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if it's true, but they killed them. <laughs> so, like, I believe we could, too. Yeah. Sometimes you just have, like, a silver or steel or iron mm-hmm. bullet or dagger. You just be like, oh, you're going to die here. Let's get all of them. <laughs> just be just like Sam and Dean and just, like, yep. have, like, a whole bag of just, like, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yep exactly and then i was supposed to get the shaman description so just give me one second here to look that up because i did not put it in my research because i suck thanks to supernatural we're going to be prepared <laughs> in case we ever come encounter yeah. with a like always have salt yeah always have something yep. like silver or iron <laughs> <laughs> or all of the above <laughs> So the shaman definition is a person regarded as having access to and influence in the world of good and evil spirits, especially among some peoples of the northern Asia and North America. Typically, such people enter a trance state during a ritual and practice divination and healing. Yeah, like, like a spiritual healing yeah. type of person. So that's what they are, because I did not know what that was either. And I was like, <laughs> what is that? Because I have no idea. Yeah. Um... There are legends that state the Wendigo's heart must be cut out and melted or burned in the fire before the spirit is gone. So you might have to burn their body. Wonderful. (laughs) The Wendigo is sometimes described as a spirit rather than a physical being. In Cree mythology, the Wendigo is believed to be an evil spirit that possesses humans. The spirit enters a person by biting them or through a dream. 
Now that's terrifying. To that me. is I put, terrifying. Uh, no, what? Because I have really <laughs> weird dreams all the time. I don't want to get possessed by something in I my know, dream. Same. That's like, like some Freddy Krueger stuff. Exactly. I don't like it. <laughs> like, that's terrifying. Don't let me dream of this. Yeah, no. Like, that's really scary. <laughs> I just thought this Think of like sunshine and rainbows when you fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I said that was really scary. I thought about that supernatural clip where Dean was screaming at the cat. <laughs> that was possibly one of, that was probably top five best moments of that show. I don't know where I left off before that happened. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it was the dream thing. Yeah, the dream was that sounds really scary. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> no. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> ten out of ten, do not recommend. But the possessed person becomes cannibalistic and otherwise deranged and, and violent. Some people are believed to be more susceptible. <laughs> Some people are believed to be more susceptible. Susceptible. Sus- yeah. That's a really hard word. It is. <laughs> Some people are believed to be more susceptible to becoming possessed by Oendigo, including those who are greedy or gluttonous, as well as those who are suffering from hunger or starvation. They get you when you're when you're really weak. Sounds like. Well, that's depressing. They attack you when you're down. That's dep- way to kick you when you're down. Right. <laughs> um, the legend exists in oral history of Northern American tribes, which predates the European arrival in North America. Some anthropologists believe the legend started as a cautionary tale about the importance to guard against individual greed, selfishness, and isolation. It was a personification of cold and hunger in a time when human survival relied on banding together and sharing resources most during like long hard winters of like the northern wilderness and some also believed it was used to warn children not to go too far into the woods which i could see both ways yeah so um the first known written mention of the wendigo was in 1636 which was reported by paul le june a french Jesuit missionary living in the Algonquian people in, in what is now Quebec. Uh, I'm stuttering. <laughs> what is now Quebec, Canada? <laughs> Lejeune describes a woman who warns of an action that may have eaten some tribe members nearby and that would eat a great many more of them if he were not called elsewhere. Well, then. So it's a good thing he didn't eat more because he yeah. would say, I had to be somewhere else. Definitely. He had plans. <laughs> <laughs> he had plans, so he's like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> Some cases of murder and cannibalism in North America were blamed on a Wendigo. Which this is really interesting because now I'm mixing true crime into this because it's mind-blowing. So, a case in 1879 in Alberta, Canada, a Cree hunter named Swift Runner claimed a Wendigo entered his dream and told him to eat his family. Oh my god. That's terrifying. Yeah. I literally put, uh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> in my notes. Because I was like, and I had to dig deeper in it. Because at first I wasn't going to dig deeper into this. Yeah. But I was like, I have to look yeah. into this. Because... <laughs> Like, what the heck? I know, that's crazy. Like, okay, something in your dream told you to eat your family. Yeah. So you eat your family. Um, like, what's wrong with what you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> so, Swift Runner's date of birth is unknown. However, he was a Cree Indian who lived in what is now Alberta, Canada. His background seemed normal, and he received a solid edu- education. He married and had a family of five children. Um, he traded with the Hudson Bay Company, and in 1875, he served as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police. He was over six feet tall and was well-liked. Swift was a mild and trustworthy individual. He was described as a considerate husband and fond of his children. And then in, like, reading this, I saw something that said it was, like, in parentheses. It says, reports say a little too fond as as events proved. So I have no idea what that means because it doesn't say anything further. Yeah. So I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, it's just weird. It is weird. <laughs> All these traits endeared him to his people and to the traders of the Hudson Bay Company. But this was not enough to allay the suspicion when he returned from his winter camp in the spring of 1879 without his wife and family. When he could not give a satisfactory account of their whereabouts, his in-laws became worried. They decided to tell the Northwest Mounted Police had been in the west for just five years 
that like they were missing and that he didn't say anything. So it's like, hmm. suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> Sounds a little suspicious. <laughs> but inspector I have no idea how to say this. It's French, but it's severe gagnon. I know that said that wrong. <laughs> was given the task of investigating Swift Runner's behavior. He and a small party of policemen accordingly trekked out to the tra- trapper's camp because he was a trapper too. So he trapped like animals and stuff. Um, <clears throat> Swift Runner obligingly showed the mounted policeman a small grave near his camp. He explained that one of his boys had died and was buried there. Gagnon and his detachment opened the grave and found bones undisturbed. That, however, did not explain the human bones scattered around the camp. Um, they produced a skull, which Swift Runner willing told him that was with that was his wife, without much like prodding or invest like asking questions about him. He just revealed what happened to the rest of his family. They're just like, yeah, this is what happened. And they're just like what okay guess what by the way <laughs> i killed my whole family and ate them i ate them you know no big deal right this happens all the time <laughs> what is wrong with you exactly. <laughs> what is wrong with you at first swift runner became haunted by dreams a wendigo spirit called on to him to consume the people around him the spirit crept through his mind gradually taking control finally he was wendigo a wendigo and swift runner was no longer swift runner <laughs> The Wendigo uh, killed and ate Swift Runner's wife. When that happened, the Wendigo forced one of Swift Runner's boys to kill and butcher his younger brother. Yeah. Please. <clears throat> oh my god. While enjoying that, the spirit hung Swift Runner's infant by the neck from a lodge pole and tugged at the baby's dangling feet. That's a little that's a little harsh. That is a little harsh. Definitely a little harsh. It was later shown that he had also done away with Swift Runner's brother and his mother-in-law, though he acknowledged that she had been a bit tough. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. What is what is wrong with you? <laughs> <sighs> the mounted police party hauled Swift Runner and the mutilated evidence back to Fort Sasquatchewan. I'm so sorry <laughs> if I said that wrong. I know I probably did. Um, the trial began, began, (laughs) the trial began on August 8th, 1879. The judge and jury did not view the Wendigo idea in the same light as the Cree. They saw Swift Runner as a murderer and he made attempt to hide, he made no attempt to hide his guilt. And the magistrate Richardson quickly sentenced him to be hanged. The sentence presented a problem. The police had never before conducted in an execution before. Although the Hudson Bay Company had once hanged an employee for murder, this was, for all intents and pur- purposes, the first formal execution in Western Canada. Wow. Wow. Crazy. It is crazy. Imagine like that. And then, oh, wow. <clears throat> Sergeant Fred, or Sergeant Fred Bagley, or Bagley, a forced burglar, was put in charge of the arrangements. He put a burglar. Or wait, that's not what that's. <laughs> that's, not what that's... I was like, wait, you put a burglar in charge of like, <laughs> hanging somebody? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so I think that says a force bugler. I have no <laughs> idea what that is. But Fred Bagley or Bagley was put in charge of the arrangements of hanging Swift. The gallows was erected within the fort enclosure at Fort Saskatchewan. <laughs> an old army name, per, uh, uh, an old army person. <laughs> person, that's not, that's not the person. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. Okay, an old army pensioner <laughs> named <laughs> Rogers was a, was made hangman. On a, the appointed morning, a bitterly cold December 20th, Swift Runner was led to the scaffold. Standing over the trap, the cannibal was given the opportunity to address the large crowd that had been gathered. He openly acknowledged his guilt and thanked his jailers for their kindness, then berated his guard for making him wait in the cold. (laughs) So he just was like, you made me wait in the cold. Oh my god. Well, I mean, you killed your family, so. Yeah. You probably deserve to wait in the cold. Yeah, probably. And it's December. What else do you expect? Seriously. 
<sighs> Nevertheless, the mounted police have accomplished their first execution well enough. A more experienced spectator, a Californian 49er named Jim Reed, commented, That's the purtiest hanging I've ever seen, and it's the 29th. <laughs> what? No. That's what he said. Okay, then. I don't know what that means. I mean, it was back in like the 1800s, so it probably meant something to them then. Probably. But nowadays we view uh, what we view. Um, nowadays we view Wendigos as psychosis. What does that even say? Nowadays <laughs> we view as psychosis what Cree thought to be the work of a Wendigo spirit. Okay, so nowadays we, we view that as psychosis, and back then that's what Cree thought was the work of the Wendigo spirit. At one time, the belt of the parkland that borders the northern plains, it was far from being a rare f- phenomenon. Usually the symptoms were the same as those displayed as by Swift Runner, and in one way or another, most of the afflicted Wendigos met similar violent deaths. Now, I'm going to read something <clears throat> um, that describes... No, I mean, I don't really have to read that. That's like an article um, that I found. It it just describes like what it felt like. Oh, I'm just going to read it. It was pitch black and brutally cold when Swift Runner was led from the cell at Fort, the Fort Jail, I'm not saying that word again, <laughs> to start his long last walk toward the gallows that awaited outside the swirling snow. Swift Runner had been told to prepare for death and seemed to have heeded the advice. He walked confidently into the yard, seeming much calmer than many of those who were there to watch him die. Most of the 60 people, 60 people, gathered near the gallows had never seen a hanging and they were nervous and anxious about their, what was going to happen. Why would you want to watch a hanging? You were nervous about what was going to happen. Why are you there? <laughs> wow. Um, the sheriff, Richard, had been de- delayed by the snow and weather and was fluttered, flustered by his late arrival at the fort. The hangman, too, appeared nervous. The execution had ordered to take place at 7.30 a.m. on December 20th, 1879, with less than a half an hour left to go. It was discovered that the crowd had taken the trap from the gallows and burned it as kindling, that the hangman had forgotten to bring straps to bind the prisoner's arms. As the sheriff and hangman rushed to get the scaffold ready, Swift Runner sat near one of the fires that had been lighted nearby, joking and chatting, snacking on pemmican, the thick noose hanging around his neck. I could kill myself with a tomahawk, he offered, and save the hangman further trouble. <laughs> I'll consider it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just want to kill yourself instead? <laughs> wow. When you say it like so nonchalantly, like, he like, was just like, I'll save you guys the trouble. He's like, I got this. Let me save you the trouble. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> like burden you here i already killed my family so i know i deserve to die so let me just kill myself instead what is wrong with you what is wrong with you swift runner was a well-known was well known around that settlement and it says that he was six foot three with a strapping build and what a policeman called as ugly and evil looking a face as i have ever seen he had once been known as a smart and trustworthy, a reputation that won him a job as guide for the Northwest Mounted Police, and as one newspaper story would later point out, his contact with white men, however, ruined him. What? <laughs> okay. Also, I think the scariest, most terrifying, disgusting person I've ever seen has probably been Joe Methody. Yeah. He's actually yeah. scary to look at. Like... <laughs> You look at him and it's like you just, a horror movie. And like you look at him and you just get that vibe like, oh, you're not a good person. No. You're not a good person. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. His face. He he is nightmare fuel. What yeah. he did. Him by himself just yeah. looking at him. Is. Really quick. Have you heard about the painkiller or the Tylenol painkiller killers? Oh Uh-oh. my gosh. There's a um documentary. It's like a five five episode mm. series on... Hulu, I believe, or Paramount. Paramount. Mm. It was Paramount. It's called Painkillers. It's about the Tylenol murders in Chicago of the 70s or 80s, mm-hmm. where seven people got killed because they were cyanide in their Tylenol. Oh my god, I gotta watch that. Yeah, I want, I want to cover that. Yeah. Because that's like, a that, good one to do. Very terrifying. But that it also is. reminded me of that. I'm like, okay, so I'm scared to go out and eat places. Mm-hmm. Now I'm scared to take like Tylenol for a headache. Yep. <laughs> like, I want to do the 
I want to cover the vending machine one too. Yeah, you did tell me about that. I read the article. Yeah. And it was now. Now you don't trust vending machines. Nope. Can we trust anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> we can trust our animals. Uh, yeah, that's true. We can trust each other. Yeah. <laughs> don't trust bad people. Yeah. Don't do Killers. it. <laughs> if they look sus. They're sus. They're sus. <laughs> if they give you that sus vibe, they're sus. They're sus. Walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the other way. <laughs> just be like, oh, hi, I'm leaving now. Bye. <laughs> just go the other way. Okay. So I'm still on the article. But I'm just going to swiftly go over it. Ha, swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Okay. So... Swift Runner was known to be an ugly customer to meet when on a spree. So ugly that some called him the terror of the whole region. Wow. The police sent Swift Runner, Swift Runner back to his tribe where he caused so much trouble. He turned the Cree camps into little hells and was eventually turned out from his community altogether, retreating to the wilderness with his wife, mother, brother, and six children. I thought he had five children. Maybe he had six. I don't know. Um... The police started to hear stories in the spring. A Cree chief said Swift Runner had turned cannibal, and a hunter reported that Swift Runner's entire family had been killed in the woods. And a squad of officers went out to investigate, couldn't find Swift Runner or his family. Instead, Swift Runner went to the police himself in the spring, telling him that his wife had committed suicide and the rest of the family had died of starvation. But the officers, officers noticed that Swift Runner did not look underfed. Prisoner arrived at the camp in the spring, did not look very poor or thin as if he had been starving, one noted. Suspicion of the story, police traveled with Swift, Swift to his family's camp in the wilderness south of the fort. After days of searching, they found the remnants of a campfire with piles of bones and human skulls scattered nearby. That makes me wonder, what if, like, the whole Wendigo thing didn't actually happen? Yeah. And he was just so hungry that he was like... Yeah. Kill my family. Like yeah. he was just, and because he said they were starving, mm-hmm. so maybe he just killed them and ate them because he was so hungry. Yeah. That does make sense. Hmm. It could be anything here. Good. Some of the bones were dry, hollow, even empty, even of marrow. A small moccasin had been stuffed inside the skull of Swift Runner's mother. A beating needle still sticking out of the unfinished work. Swift was tried for murder and cannibalism. The as the jury included three English-speaking Cree half-breeds, four men well up in the Cree language, and a Cree man who translated the, the proceedings. A leading Cree English scholar was also brought in to observe the trial and ensure Swift knew what was being said. Swift sat calmly throughout the testimony of his witnesses, who described the family being in perfect health when they headed out to the woods, then Swift coming out of the forest alone. He said, I could not expect to see any of his family because he was the only one left, only one left said, one person i don't know how to say the name so i'm sorry i don't want to say it <laughs> <laughs> there is no evidence presented in swift's defense as asked if he wanted to say anything he responded he responded i did it the death sentence was to be the first legal hanging in the canadian canadian northwest territories an area that includes what now is a province of alberta the scaffold was built especially for the execution army pensioner was paid 50 dollars to serve as hangman and he just he declined to spend the night before his execution with a priest white man ruined me, he said. I don't think their god could amount to much. Swift. Um, some said Swift had developed a taste for cannibalism years, er- years earlier, and he was forced to eat the re- remains of star- starved hu- hunting partners to save himself. Others said that he had been possessed by a wendigo, a flesh-eating spirit that tormented him and gave him nightmares. Two hours after Swift was led to the gallows, the executioner... The execution was finally ready to proceed. He was allowed to eat one final pound of pemmican before he was tightly like bound with a rope and taken to the scaffold, where a thick black hood was placed over his head. The trap fell, and Swift Runner went down with a fearful force. There was a drop of five feet. The daily evening Mercury reported he'd die without struggle. The buddy, the buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the body was cut down an hour and buried in the snow outside the fort. Um, Sheriff Richard said those who attended the hanging were satisfied with what they saw. Why would you ever um, be satisfied with what you saw? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, 
yes, that, I just like to watch hangings on my oh, like on a Sunday. Like clap, clap, clap. Yeah. I don't know if it was a Sunday, but I'm just saying, like, that's what they do in their free time. That was wonderful. What is wrong with you? Oh gosh. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Here's another um quote. Seeing that the Indians are adverse to hanging and that all sorts of rumors were afloat amongst them and half breeds about deeds of cruelty and that they were a company of the execution. Invitations had been tendered to Indian chiefs to assist the execution. He wrote in a report to the government. Some of them responded with to the invitation and declared that it was done in such a way they could not no more object to that mode of execution. One witness had watched several other executions in the United States, also seemed pleased with the spectacle, slapping his thighs and saying, Boys, it was the prettiest hanging I've ever seen. How is it pretty? <laughs> pretty? That's the word you use to describe it. Pretty. I mean, it's probably far from pretty. Yeah. A head, like, falling off or getting... Maybe disturbing is the word you're looking for, not pretty. I yeah. mean, you might be a little demented if you think it's pretty. Very demented. <laughs> very demented. Very. Very demented. So, another case was in 1907. Among Sandy Lake First Nation community in northern Ontario, the shaman of the tribe, Jack Fiddler, and his brother, Joseph Fiddler, were charged with the murder of jo- Joseph's daughter-in-law, which they strangled to prevent her from becoming possessed by a wendigo. You kill her before she even has like a chance to do anything. Um, before she even has a chance of actually becoming bad. Yeah, seriously. What made you think... Uh- I don't have the words. Just what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Um, Jack Fiddler was a Cree Indian hunter, more specifically a Wendigo hunter, as some reports say. He was born in 1820, who hunted and killed at least 14 Wendigos during his life. Or maybe just killed 14 people. Take it as you, <laughs> with a grain of salt. He apparently used a hunt, he apparently used to hunt along with his son, son and Joseph Fiddler, and Pasquan claimed to have killed about 14 Wendigos, some of whom are suspected to be exposed to the spirit or just show the symptoms of possession while not actually being possessed. This piqued the interest of the rural... I can't say that word. This piqued the interest of the Royal (laughs) Northwest Mounted Police in 1907. Skeptical of the existence of Wendigos and the intentions of the brothers... The department launched an investigation. As they traveled to the area where the brothers hunted, investigators were told of a woman by the name of Washakapique. She's said to be a Wendigo, and Fiddler and Pesquan choked her to death with a piece of string. With a piece of string? <laughs> okay. okay. I don't know how you do that, because the string is so small. You can, like, break it with your hand. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Must have been some strong string. Must be heavy duty. (laughs) But Pesquan was was her father-in-law. Upon hearing this and saying it was enough evidence, investigators arrested the brothers and charged them with murder in June of the same year. Fiddler, who was... Jack Fiddler, who was likely to be in his late 70s to late 80s, escaped prison for a Norway house where he hanged himself. I didn't think that you could live to be in your 70s or 80s back in the 1800s or ni- early 1900s. Like, I thought it was, like, very rare. And, like, diseases. Yeah. And, like, they didn't even have fridges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. Uh, Pasquan was left to stand the trial alone with and without any legal repre- representation, which immediately sends him to hang. During the trial, a local newspaper titled The Montreal Daily Witness ran headlines with the words Devil Worship Among the Cree on it. And white friends of Pasquan, I don't even know how to say that. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I probably am. Pesquan attempted to give testimonies about Cree beliefs and how the practice of Wendigo hunting was seen more as a mercy than a heartless killing. Okay. I don't know how it's not heartless. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> in 1910, Pes- Pesaquan died in prison from an illness instead of the hangman's noose. Because of this, the Sandy people 
had to sign the Treaty 5, and it only led to the Canadian government exploiting and forcing the tribe into a reservation. Well, that's really sad. Yeah. That's really sad. By the ter- the By the ter- By the ter- <laughs> I don't even know what word that was. By the early 20th century, the term Wendigo psychosis was used by psychologists and missionaries to describe a culture bound syndrome among Native and First Nation people whose symptoms included delusions of becoming possessed by an evil spirit, depression, cannibalism, violence, and compulsion for human flesh. The syndrome was also diagnosed in historical cases of cannibalism in North America. The existence of the syndrome is disputed by some scientists. Yeah. Reference of the Wendigos in pop culture include Supernatural episode, <laughs> the Wendigo movie that was in 2001, X-Files had an episode, Charmed had an episode, Haven had an epi- episode, Grimm had an episode, and Blood Ties had an episode. Interesting. Second one. Uh, Wendigo movie that was filmed in 2001. Um, that is the horrific like mytho- mythology of wendigos now i wanted to read a couple of stories that i i found on reddit because i read them and i was like whoa <laughs> this is crazy so i'm just gonna read them because they're like i think it's okay to read because they're just stories on yeah, reddit yeah um yeah <laughs> So here's the first one just because like I wanted to read about it but I also wanted to like show other stories besides the ones that I found about like I couldn't find like anything paranormal I only found like the true crime ones the true crime ones could be something else it could be a wendigo you don't know like it could be either (laughs) or but here is one on reddit it's called something's out here with us that already sounds scary (laughs) Last weekend, one of my friends brought up the idea of camping. Okay, no. Don't ever go camping. No. <laughs> There's your first mistake. Yes. Okay, back to the story. At first, I was opposed to it as it's fall and cold outside, and the idea of having to sleep in a tent with another person just didn't seem appealing. Yeah, it's not. No, definitely not. But when the, all five of us talked about it, I realized that maybe it wasn't such a bad idea after all. We decided to do it next weekend, aka now. This morning, we went out and bought everything we needed. Tent, snakes, snakes, a lighter, and a couple of more things that we don't need mentioning. And snakes. Why do you need snakes? I don't know. We decided it would be best to do it in the woods two hours away from any road or houses. I was particularly upset that as anything could happen from some random person attacking us to a bear sneaking into our tents. But we'd have our car parked in the nearest road, so if anything did happen, we could just run to it. At least that's what some others said. I brought up the fact that it's a two-hour walk, but of course I was ignored. It's a two-hour <laughs> two walk? Two hours? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. I don't think I'd even walk an hour. <laughs> I wouldn't walk 30 minutes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we drove... Okay, I already read that. Okay, no, I didn't read that. We drove as far as we could before we got out to start walking. I noticed a few things. First of all, no sound of wildlife. No crickets, no birds, no nothing making sound. Uh, it felt odd, like something was slightly off. Uh, yeah, no, to turn around, turn around. Uh, just go back, yeah. go home. <laughs> the fact that you can't hear anything, that's so weird. Yeah. Because you would hear, like, if you're in, like, the woods or, like, you know, going camping, you would be hearing, like, an owl or, like, crickets or something. Like, something. You would hear something. And, like, I hear, I, I've seen, like, things saying if you don't hear anything, like, that's not a good thing. Yeah, no. Okay. It'd be like, either I'm deaf or this is something terrifying happening. So I think... (laughs) I do notice that he has, or they, I don't know if it's he, she, they, this person, has names in here. I'm not going to say the names. Yeah. I'm just going to refer to his friend as friends. Yeah. Where should we set the tents up? Friend number one. Yeah. Where should we set the tents up? The tents. (laughs) Where should we set the tents up at? Friend one asked, taking a puff of his joint. Right over here looks good, friend number two replied, motioning to friend one to pass it, pass it to him. Who's setting it up? After a little conversation, we decided friend three and friend four should go 
could do it while the rest of us goes out to see if we could find any squirrels to hunt. I doubted it. It didn't seem like this place was crawling with wildlife. Grab my rifle, would ya? I grabbed and threw it at him. Don't worry, it wasn't loaded yet. He catches it, saying a quick thanks, and off we went. We were out there for hours looking to no avail, but there was absolutely nothing. I didn't see any bugs. Maybe we should just go back and and now and eat the stuff we brought, I suggested. Friend one and friend two stopped walking, to which I assumed meant they agreed. We turned back around and started walking back towards camp. A couple of minutes of walking, I heard a sound. It was quiet, but we all heard it. We stopped walking around. Behind us, there was a deer, except it wasn't normal. Its horns were growing out of its mouth, and it had five legs. I had never seen anything like it before, but I've heard of it. Deformed deers. I wasn't too worried. We decided not to kill it because we definitely weren't about to eat it. Definitely too worried about catching some type of disease. I wondered, though, how long had that deer been following us, being so silent that we hadn't even noticed it. We made back to the camp about an hour later. We ended up eating some of the cans of chili we brought with us. We cook, cooked it over a fire we made. The five of us were sharing tents, two in one and three in the other. I was sharing with friend two, friend one, friend three, and friend four were in the other. We stayed up for a few more hours singing songs and drinking beer before we headed off to bed. I fell asleep in an hour, about an hour after laying down. Click, click, click. I woke up to clicking noises. It took me a second to register what was happening. I assumed it was one of the guys doing something, but in case I grabbed my gun and unzipped the tent, I froze. The deer from before was standing outside my tent, its mouth moving weirdly, its teeth were clicking against each other every few seconds from the weird movement. It followed us all the way back. How do we not notice? I zipped the tent back up and tried to ignore it. Needless to say, I got no sleep that night. Why didn't you just like... Yeah. Just go to sleep? What? The next morning, all six of us decided to stay one more, th- stay one more thing before packing up to. Um, where I lost my place. Okay, so the next morning, all six of us decided to stay one more night before packing. Or to stay, that doesn't even make sense. I'm sorry, but this person did not. <laughs> next morning, all six of us decided to say one more thing before packing up to leave. It was weird. I felt like something was messing with my mind. That my brain wasn't working correctly. I was scared. I just didn't know what of. Me and one, two, three, four, and my four friends, and wait, and what was I talking about? There was only five, no, six of us. Wait, six? Never mind, it's not important. I spent all evening wondering what was wrong with my mind. I could tell the others felt the same way. The night six of us went to sleep, three in one and three in the other. What? I was with friend two and someone. Something felt wrong, but I couldn't put my foot on it. That night, I woke up to some the same clicking noise as the last night, and this time from inside the tent, I was too scared to move. The deer had somehow made it into the tent. However, I felt friend two shift to get up. What? I heard him say before getting si- silent, cut off, cutting off whatever he was about to say. What the hell? I heard him say again, slightly louder this time. I felt something move on the left side, of what was which was strange because Nate was on my right side. Oh, oh, I heard... <laughs> friend two <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to fix that I got like really into it <laughs> I heard before I felt someone leap over friend two I woke up the next morning panting was it all a dream I wondered all five of us were packed up to leave something still felt wrong no one of us felt wrong friend two was off he talked the same and acted the same but it was the way he looked have you ever heard of an uncanny valley like that I know something was off but I couldn't put my finger on it I ignored it with with all of that five of us okay with all five of us walked to the car got in and took off i couldn't help but feel like i made a mistake like i was about to unleash something unholy onto the town we lived in like i did something bad that is crazy it is that is crazy huh that was one story oh yeah i was i had a look candy valley was i knew the words but what is it the term used to describe the relationship between the human-like appearance of a robotic object and the emotional response it evokes. Like. Robots that seem human. Like things that look so close to being human but aren't. That is freaky. Why would his or their friend say that after he just they just thought like oh my friend just got like terrifying no no (laughs) don't go camping 
Please don't. Moral of the story, don't go camping. Don't go camping. We can read a couple more. Do you want to read one? Or do you want to matter? Walking my dog one morning, I noticed strange footprints on the side of the dirt. I looked back jokingly as if I felt something watching me. Nothing so... Nothing, so I kept walking. About five minutes later, I turned to my side because I felt something watching me. Again, nothing. Another three minutes go by, and I glance to my left, and there's something climbing down a tree. I shrug it off, but then I hear a deafening scream, as that of a wendigo or skinwalker. I start sprinting back to my house whilst it was chasing me. I made it back just in time while my dog was barking up a flame. I rush him inside and I notice a wendigo standing outside, holding a body much like a bird. I remember wendigos are scared of fire, so I started to make one in my fireplace. I kept it going all day. Okay, if they're scared of fire, just, just have a huge yeah. fire. <laughs> have have a huge fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I don't know. Make like a homemade flamethrower or something. <laughs> you could say like the name. This of one it. is, it's been watching us sleep. Well, that's terrifying already. Oh, no. I don't want anything to watch you yeah. sleep. Please and thank Terrifying you. Terrifying to even think about. <laughs> I used to believe it was just my mind playing tricks on me. Now I'm not so sure. When I was around 11 and my cousin being 14, we had went upstairs after a family gathering and everyone went home and it was just me, him, and his dad that was a dead sleeper. So at around 11.30, we were simply playing a few games a fortnight. <laughs> so we started hearing footsteps coming from the downstairs before it abruptly stopped. We then heard a deep growl coming from the stairs for around 10 minutes before it stopped. So we decided to close the door, thinking almost nothing of it, until his dog began barking loudly nonstop. So we decided to see what was happening, and we both began moving slowly down the stairs until we saw that the front door was wide open, so we quickly closed it and began walking towards where the dog was, near the back porch door, where was also, oh, which was also wide open. Us both now basically shitting our pants, we stood there frozen. I would be too, don't worry. I would be as well. I'd probably be paying <laughs> Yeah, <myself>. same. <laughs> we began hearing the sounds of sticks snapping until it stopped and began growling once again. Then we finally heard it as it caked out to me where are you it was the sound of my father's voice and i knew it wasn't him it sounded distorted and as if it was playing on a loop me and my cousin stood there frozen before my cousin spoke up isn't your dad in texas as i slowly turned and looked at him the voice stopped and we started to hear loud footsteps as they grew closer to the <laughs> grew closer to the porch I immediately slammed the door and locked it we both ran back up the stairs into his room, locking the door behind us. We eventually calmed down, turning on the room lights after about three hours of sitting next to each other on his bed, crying silently. But we once again began hearing a low growl from his window, but we were on the second floor, so it didn't make sense. I looked over at the window slowly, and I swore I saw something large zipping through the trees. And once again, we began hearing my father's voice again, repeatedly screaming my nickname. The point, at that point, we didn't know what to do anymore. We found a sheet and covered the window with it, and the screaming stopped. As we sobbed under the blankets, we eventually fell asleep. And once we woke up, we kept it to ourselves, believing, hoping that it was just our sleep-deprived minds. The sheet is still there as of today. I don't know what that thing was, but I don't think that they should live in the mountains anymore definitely not no <laughs> definitely that's, not that's no 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 how to get in your house yeah. <laughs> how to get in your house that's terrifying um oh. i would move out of the country <laughs> i would as well okay we'll read one more and then i'll be it because we're at here's one that is about a dream it's really short, but it'll be like the last one. Called, I had a dream of Wendigo as a child and it stayed with me to this day. I can't remember much of the dream or what age exactly it occurred, but I know it was when I was 10 or younger. I also remember that I had no knowledge of that it was even a thing when I dreamed about it. I just dreamed about it one night. I've done some reading about Wendigo 
dreams that that I don't know what's true or what's not. But one strange different things I noticed about my dream was that the Wendigo was nice. It wasn't threatening or mean in any way. It kind of just stood there, sensed it happened when I was a child. I don't remember it all vividly, but I do remember vividly is that I just sat there and let them touch my face. In a, in a way, I felt comforted, not scared. I can't remember what it, if it said anything, but after that dream, I constantly drew it and showed people asking what it was. No one knew and just blew it off. So I stopped drawing it and kind of forgot about it, but it was always been the back of my mind since. As I said before, I did a little bit of reading or research, so I don't know if it's important to mention or not, but my father's side is Native American, and I also live up in northern Vermont, around two hours away from Canada, and where I lived as a kid, surrounded by woods pretty much in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what info to trust on online articles and what's true or not, so I'm wondering if that dream could have meant anything and why I had it as a child. That's freaky. That is. And you're going to hear my dog, because he just broke free. Oh my goodness, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Loki. Hello. How did you get out? Uh, I heard him knock everything down. <laughs> Please just sit. <laughs> want to say something? I don't know if he wants to say anything. Want to say something? <laughs> you could probably hear him oh. sniffing. <laughs> That'll be so oh, cute. There's oh. the other one. You want to say okay, something? we're gonna have to wrap this up because <laughs> they're gonna start barking. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week, guys. Yes, um, thank please you. Please send your stories or ideas, suggestions. suggestions to dreadfullytwistedpodcast at gmail.com. Go to our Reddit <laughs> at dreadfullytwistedpod. Um, follow us on s- social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok at dreadfullytwistedpodcast. Um, go visit our Patreon. Yeah. If you want to subscribe and get like exclusive things yeah. content We're gonna be gifts. making some exclusive videos maybe some either extra long some kind of we might explore some like places some abandoned places that are like yeah supposedly haunted we're trying to go to green man's tunnel that's one that we really want to go to yeah that one was a- um you might get like exclusive or bonus episodes about like specific cases or paranormal stuff um so we also might do like recorded episodes record some episodes yeah <laughs> yeah you could see us yeah so we'll do like videos and you'll get free gifts stickers possibly yeah. something more stuff. than that could be like shirts maybe All cups we stuff. don't know yet but you're gonna get extra stuff if you do go to our patreon and subscribe <laughs> every month um so we would appreciate if you would do that just to get extra stuff for yourself and we thank you for listening to us <laughs> Thank you, guys. And stay positive. We will see you next time. Um, Check on your friends. Um, And don't go in the woods where a window might be. Yeah, don't go camping. (laughs) Don't go camping. (laughs) Okay, guys. Bye. Bye.